Alan Weiss, The Uncomfortable Truth. Listen, just recently, not too long ago, there was another annual spelling bee, and this one broke all tradition because eight kids won it. That is, they ran out of words. There were 400,000 words in the dictionary or thereabouts, most of which are completely incomprehensible, but these spelling bee kids memorize as many as they can. Six of the eight were coached by the same source, and eight of them tied. Now, that's wonderful, except what are we really doing here? We're looking at sheer memory capability for very obscure words. We used to do this in grammar school. We'd split the class in half, about 12 kids on each side of the room. The teacher would ask for a word. If you didn't spell it right, you were out. And when there was two of us left, if one of us got it wrong, the other would have to get it right and then spell a new word to win. We did that periodically, and it was sort of in good fun. Uh, And I usually either won or lost to this woman, Carolyn Culp. She won more than I did, but it was usually the two of us left. So what did that prove? Well, we were sounding out common words that one used every day. These kids are doing something that's aberrant. They're memorizing strange words. What actually does that do? You know, not everyone can readily learn to spell or to memorize. It's not their strength. And how much is it needed? What does it prove? The focus ought to be on communication. It ought to be on grammar and metaphor and similes and examples and analogies and so forth and so on. It ought to be on the ability to convince and influence and persuade and not just memorize how to spell something when most technological platforms have spell checkers. We have kids today who can spell but can't diagram a damn sentence. And this occurs throughout school. You know, I went to Rutgers for four years It was a great school, State University of New Jersey, one of the first, if not the first, of the land-grant colleges. Some people called it the ivy of public institutions. I don't know, but it was a great school. But I went there with kids who just had their tickets stamped. They spent four years in Rutgers, and after four years, and you went to school for four years then, not five, six, or eight, by the way, after the four years, a lot of these kids were no better off than they were before, except they were four years older. They hadn't learned anything at least not commensurate with that time and expense that was involved. Exams were memorized. Causes and connections were not. So what if you knew who the king of France was in a certain year or when the Russian Revolution was? What did it mean? Why did the Russians have the revolution? Why were there four great revolutions? I sat next to a kid in Western Civ, Western Civilization. I don't even know if politically you can teach that today. Politically correct. Western civilization. We took it as freshmen. We had a very good professor. He was Swiss, so he talked with a German accent. And unfortunately, you know, the class had about 25 or 30 people, and it was at 5 p.m., and he, he spoke in a, a droning voice, you know? Anyway, one day, the guy next to me says, we're going to have to drop the class. I said, well, it's too late to drop it and change. You just won't get credit. He says, I'll never pass. He says, look at what we're studying right now. This period of France had four or five kings right there. I'm thinking it was the time of Louis XIV who ruled for 80 years or something. What four or five kings? I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, there was Louis XIV, Louis XIV, Louis the Great, Louis the Sun King, and Leroy de Solier. He says, how do you keep them straight? I said, well, I guess you're right. Of course, all five of those people, for those of you who don't know, are the same person. Years later, I looked in the alumni directory. I never found his name. What does that tell you? Today, even sillier, since Google is with us, with Alexa and Wikipedia and everything else, and we need deeper meaning than ever before, 
people really don't seem to understand. They don't understand what socialism is, although they can spell it correctly, right? They don't know what socialism is. Just look south to Venezuela and you can see socialism. You know, spelling can be automatically corrected, but reasoning can't. I read recently in the New York Times, of all places, about a high school senior who didn't know who George Washington was except that he was a slaveholder. That's the kind of propaganda he got in class. No reasoning, no sign of the times, nothing. No contribution to the country's origins. He was a slaveholder. The role of college should be to teach people how to think and how to learn, not how to memorize. To be sentient individuals, not robots. This is why we're told so much crazy stuff that we wind up believing. You know, when my son was in a very good private high school here, he came home one day and told me that how, how wrong the Israelis were and how they were oppressors and had taken over occupied land and all of this crazy stuff until I gave him a legitimate history book, one of the history books that I have. I said, read this and tell me if it changes your mind and stop listening to your teacher who obviously has an agenda. You know, we pay homage to the guys on Jeopardy who win and win and win and consecutive winning streaks and a lot of money. But Jeopardy, I was on Jeopardy once. I went out in the first round, disclaimer, but I was on there with Alex Trebek. The people who leave there simply don't have the reflexes and don't game the system. The people who win consistently have excellent reflexes and game the system, but they don't have more knowledge. I know the answers and sitting at home, I answer all the questions as a lot of you do, because I'm lounging in front of the TV taking my time. On the show, you don't have that. There's a lot of pressure from other things. That's what these people are good at. Some time ago, the United States Postal Service issued a stamp honoring Admiral David Farragut. Admiral David Farragut was one of the great fighting admirals in the history of the Republic. He fought during the Civil War, was lashed to the mast of his flagship going into Mobile Bay, and he's the guy who said, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. Farragut led from the front. Today's admirals don't lead from the front. They lead from some desk in Washington. Now, in this write-up of the stamp, the magazine, this philatelic magazine, talked about the perforations and the selvage and the glue, all these things pertaining to philately and stamps, but never mentioned who the hell Admiral Farragut was. A stamp commemorates this great person in our history, and we don't think enough to describe why. That's what's wrong with us today. I mean, when you read a menu... What do you do? Do you question the ingredients and how they're prepared? Do you want to know how things are spelled? What's your technique there? I mean, isn't it really a question of trying to understand whether the food is good and what it tastes like, and if you have any allergies against it, about it, around it? When your doctor prescribes medication, do you ask about dosage and timing and side effects? When the mechanic suggests repairs to the car, do you ask about guarantees and costs and the timing? then why aren't we asking about why some newspapers never print an opposing view or a neutral story? Why are some newspapers full of editorial writing on the front page and not reporting the news objectively? Why are some talk shows simply political nightmares? I mean, have you ever seen The View? Joy Behar, who's an unfunny comedian, now there's an oxymoron, and who's ultra-liberal, which is her right, got up and walked off the show once when a conservative guest was talking about his point of view. If you can't honestly debate with somebody who doesn't agree with you, with somebody who has an opposing point of view, not only are you anti-intellectual, you're an idiot. Why vilify great white sharks when they're simply trying to eat the seals that hang out on Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard because the seals are protected by the government and they've grown plentiful and fat 
and are in prodigious numbers. The great whites simply trying to get dinner. Not its fault. So you want to memorize the word evanescence so you can spell it? Fine, you do that. But just so you know, evanescence means to pass out of sight, out of memory, out of existence. Evanesce. To pass out of sight, out of memory, and out of existence. Let's just hope that our lives don't evanesce out of stupidity, even if it means spelling it wrong. Oh yeah, that's the uncomfortable truth. 